0: yeah Yeah. bird yeah 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 mocking bird oh man yeah we recorded (laughs) yeah we
1: recorded (laughs) (sighs) the new Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, don't... I stole start... your thing! I start this shit. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Welcome back, everybody. They ain't ready. It's Friday. Oh,
0: it's Friday.
1: And it's episode 27 of the Below Average Joe's MMA podcast? Question mark? <laughs> yeah, Um, Remember when I said on Wednesday we went on that big tangent about big things in the future? Well, well, it starts today. (laughs) We just have something to do with these every one month periods we go through some sort of big news. Yeah. um, As of when this is being released, we're a day away from hitting two months. Yeah. So congrats, Dom. Congrats, Noah. Thank you. Um, But yeah, new logo. Um, Let us know what you think of the new logo. We think that shit is fire.
0: We kind of dig the comic book feel
1: Yeah, that wasn't intentional yeah, either Yeah, it wasn't it,
0: We originally just met to uh, Rebrand the name Yeah To MMA Podcast And then we just went down a loophole
1: Yeah, it ended up t- it, What What started as being about 15 minutes Turned into an hour and a half Yeah, we really just At least It's been about yeah. two hours now Yeah but,
0: but Ain't she pretty? Ain't she?
1: <laughs> She's a looker I'll tell you. <laughs> but yeah um, Just wanna be clear We're still going to be giving you guys the same content. Yes. Um, Obviously, UFC is the premier MMA brand. Right. So, therefore, the majority of our content will be about UFC. That is what we usually watch. Yes. But this allows us to branch out. Yes. Um, There's some examples that... Will be mentioned today. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, like, I can probably just talk, like, Basically with our special episodes, one idea I've been wanting to do for a while is like a th- throwback reviews yeah. of pay-per-views. And I don't want it to just be going back and watching old UFC cards, it will include that for sure. Right. But UFC Fight Pass, the streaming service for the UFC, has a library filled with fights from everywhere uh, going back decades. So I'm talking like old pride cards, yes. strike force, yes. WEC, yes. along with the UFC, and hell, if we eventually make our way down that Bellator rabbit hole, there's no yeah. reason we can't go back and do that as well. Um, that's just one of the many examples of branching out like this, but it also allows us um, examples like if the UFC isn't holding a card right. on a certain weekend, yeah. luckily for us, they've Basically booked to the end of the year. But (laughs) But, um, eventually there will be a gap week here or there. And we can always fill those Friday episodes not just talking about the news, but we can also talk about Bellator cards, 1FC cards, Rising cards,
0: Invicta. The the sky is the limit for the podcast now. And not only just covering other events, it allows us to learn more because we love the sport and we get to learn more. Uh, branch out learn about new guys guys that could make their way to the UFC guys we, we are
1: admittedly still very UFC centered yeah in our viewing and what we are knowledgeable about and like you mentioned it's just hard it, some it of is. them it's hard I mean I mentioned it being a money thing but I think even more than that it's a time thing
0: yeah and like one championship for example is you know, on the other side of the world so when they start their fight cards we're in bed and yeah. you know it's just it's hard but we're trying
1: yeah and I think I'm uh, excited. Yeah, so <clears throat> I don't think you guys are going to notice too much difference in how we do things. It's right. still going to be the same format, right? Um, it, this just allows us to include more in it yep. instead of just saying UFC podcast and more. Yeah, um, we decided to kind of cut that out because ultimately what we we want this to be the podcast. Yeah, like, this is the more part. Yeah, adding, yeah you know I mean? So we just decided to scrap the and more and yep. just make it yep. include everything. The right. MMA podcast. But with that being said. It's Friday, so you know that means that we are breaking down this Saturday's UFC fight night. Hashtag UFC Fight Island 5. Yes. Marlon Morice versus Corey Sandhagen, Big one. In the Bantamweight division. Huge implications there for potential title fights down the road. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we'll get into that card later. But we start with everyone's favorite segment of the week the news. The news. We have a lot of news. Yeah, to cover. buckle in. Yeah, buckle up. Sit down,
0: grab a beer, grab some food. It's gonna be a it's, it's gonna be a little long one. Yeah, it?
1: and we're actually gonna start with a couple of stories here from different promotions oh. already, already. MMA podcast, you say? <laughs> so Corey Anderson, who we have talked about before, because he just recently got uh, re- released from his contract with UFC. Right, that was like a mutual thing. And then he goes immediately and signs with Bellator. He was a top light heavyweight contender at the UFC, so it was a big signing for them. He got his first fight announcement. He did. He's gonna be fighting Melvin Manhoff. Now I just wanna welcome to Bellator. Melvin Manhoff <laughs> has never fought in the UFC. <clears throat> However, he's thirty two and fourteen and one with two no contest. <laughs> this guy's been fighting forever. Literally his first professional fight. Was in 1995. I wasn't born yet. I wasn't either. Huh. <laughs> but he has fought everywhere. He's fought, obviously, Bellator for the last six years. But before that, he even had a fight, a couple fights at one. He fought in Strike Force. He's fought in Dream. He's fought in K1. That's his background. He's a kickboxing Uh, background. Shout out, Uvarine. Yep. Uh, He's fought in Heroes, uh, Cage Rage. Look at that big green streak right there. I mean, look, he's 43 years old. 44. Sorry. Turned 44 in May. Um, This guy is definitely not in his prime. But when you have someone like Corey Anderson, who has shown to be somewhat susceptible as far as his chin is concerned, when you put him up against... A striker like Manhoff, yeah. I don't care how old he is. Like, takes it would punch. be the same way if like they paired him up with like Corey Anderson with like Anderson Silva. Yeah, it kind of feels similar in that way. Yeah, uh, where you would still be like, okay, we get it. He's past his prime, and Corey Anderson will likely be favored a decent amount in this fight. But it only takes one. Yeah, and he's going up against a very accomplished kickboxing yeah. champion, a guy who. Out of his 32 wins, 29 of them by knockout. 29 out of 32. This man has zero submission wins. (laughs) He ain't taking shit to the ground, which is ultimately going to be Corey's... uh, Strong suit. That's going to be Corey's, uh, I would say, route. Yeah. Although, hey, Corey surprised us with his hands before, Johnny Walker. Yeah. So did you have any thoughts on your end on this?
0: I mean, best of luck to Corey, that's a heck of a challenge. But I think it might, I, again, I don't really know rankings-wise yeah. how Bellator looks with that division, but they have a newly crowned light heavyweight champ uh, after Ryan Bader lost. So maybe this is Corey's way to get in there to a title shot. I, a I mean,
1: lot of people thought he might be gifted, or I shouldn't say gifted, but given but get, a title yeah. shot immediately. Um, I'm kind of glad I think they it's glad I think it's better that they try to in a way make him earn it still. Yeah, yeah. And this is by no means gonna be a cake well, I mean it could be a cakewalk, but it, on paper, this Melvin presents a big threat. He's on a two fight win streak right now. Yeah. I mean this guy's not just been losing all the time. He's yeah. he's still competitive. Uh, he just he hasn't fought in about a year, but you know, I'm I'm And then I,
0: and for, the, for on his side of things, if he were to beat a guy like Corey Anderson at 44 years old, a guy that was right on the cusp of a UFC title shot, hey, maybe it's his turn for a yeah. title shot. Yeah.
1: Uh, and admittedly, like we are as casual as it gets to Bellator, but the fact that we're excited about this fight. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. I
1: mean, that says something to what they're doing over there. They are doing big things. I'll give them credit where yeah. it's due. So we'll obviously talk about that fight when it happens, um, but... Excited for it, for yes, sure. for sure. I believe it's happening in November as well. I, I don't have the exact date, but I believe it is November when that fight will be taking place, so coming up soon. All right. And now we move to a different promotion. Yes. Another one. MMA podcast, you say? This is probably, we just talked about what is this? I would say, in America, the second biggest MMA promotion This is what I would say is number three. Yeah. And that's one fighting championship. Yeah, and it's not American-based. Nope. Out of Singapore over in Asia, they are huge over there. Yes. Well, and they have um, big former UFC personalities at the head of their operations. That's true. Rich Franklin and Misha Tate hold very large roles in that company. Shout
0: out our boy Rich. Yeah, shout out
1: Rich. Former best
0: in the world at one point.
1: So since this pandemic has started... One FC has been putting on fights. However, from everything I've heard, they've been not the strongest of cards. It's been kind of just a means to an end. Right. Um, But basically, they're coming in a big way here. This is... Unprecedented. (laughs) This might be unheard of. This might be the first time this has ever happened. They have announced that they're holding an event on October 30th called 1 semicolon inside the matrix what a name that's
0: sick yeah
1: but even better than that there's four title fights on this card
0: not one not yeah. two not three four world championship fights yeah it's uh that's insane
1: yeah it's uh that's definitely a huge deal for them And, like, admittedly, again, we are very casual with 1FC. But, they're not just, you know, this isn't like four title fights where it's like, okay, none of these guys are, like, big deals or anything. I mean, they're at the top. This main event, look, the biggest star Bellator has to offer, as far as, like, their homegrown talent, is Aung San.
0: Yeah.
1: He is the. Dominant light heavyweight world champion. And he's been a guy that people have been calling for, wanting him to come to the UFC so bad for years. Uh, he just recently, uh, in October 2019, he beat Brandon Vera via second-round knockout. Vera was trying to become champ champ. Yeah. Former UFC Former, title contender. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So... He's going to be defending the middleweight title against Rainier, the Dutch Knight, De Ritter. The Dutch Knight. Our co-main event is going to be... Sorry, I lost it here. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unacceptable. Now we got to switch back to the UFC part. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is uh, the one lightweight world champion, Christian, the warrior, Lee. He's going to be defending against the top-ranked contender... Yuri Lapicus Lapicius, I believe, is how it you would I believe. We've got a lot of names to go through yeah, today. Man I think UFC's hard to pronounce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alright. Third title fight, the one featherweight world champion. Martin, the situation win uh is going up against the number three ranked contender Thon Lee. I just love that nickname. The oh, Situation. Yeah. The Situation. That's pretty sick in the fourth title fight of the
0: four title fights. Yes. Yeah. Cr- the UFC would they ever uh, We've seen three.
1: But goodness, 3 was we- a huge deal yeah. for when they went back to New York. I can't imagine they would. Maybe, I don't want to say, maybe UFC 300. You never know.
0: I guess I'll have to tune into the podcast to find yeah. out. Yeah.
1: But then the one women's strawweight world title, the panda, Xiong Jing Nan. <laughs> I don't know if I said that correctly. I think it was good. Going up against the number one ranked contender, Tiffany Tio. So, regardless of how little we know about the majority of these fighters, four title fights on one card. That's awesome. And I think it's a great way for them to come back, like, in a big way.
0: This is their first big event back. And what, I mean,
1: hello. They'll get a lot of viewers. I would say so. I mean, I get, like, the time difference is pretty... Sharp. Yeah. Ultimately, like, the way you have to look at it, if you don't really understand how that time zone works, which I would understand if you didn't, is that, you know, when we watch a UFC main card, it usually starts at what? 9 p.m., 10 p.m.? Yeah. For them, where it would be starting for us is at about uh, 8 in the morning. Yeah. 8.30 in the morning. Yeah. So... (laughs) Obviously, And, of course, vice versa. So. It's, it's a big time difference, you know. So I understand that a lot of uh, American viewers, it might be hard to wake up and watch that and be, right. like, mentally into it like you would if you were watching it, if you had all day to prepare and everything. But it's a big deal for them. For a company that I love to see thrive because they seem to be doing really good things over there. Right. Um they, obviously, like, every company has been affected by COVID, but they were still putting on fights, but now it's like they get to come back in a big way. Because yes. everybody was like, okay, it's cool you're f- having fights, but a little underwhelming. Just not a lot of big names, not a lot of title fights, not a lot of big contenders. Now you come out with four. Say no more. So it should be huge for them.
0: Oh, yeah, Do you dude. agree? Oh, yeah,
1: 100%. But, Yeah. They also have a card to. Uh, actually, I'll go ahead and say this: they have a card on uh, tomorrow. Um, you can watch that on Bleacher Report Live. The day, yeah, October
0: 9th, So the day you're actually yeah. hearing this, yeah, is when it is, AIs. yeah, that's
1: on Bleacher Report Live at eight thirty in the morning. in the morning. Or you can watch it on One's YouTube channel. They do a full event stream on their YouTube channel. I think that's awesome. I love that. It's also the first two bouts will be streamed on their Facebook and Twitter pages. So check out that event. Um, I love, like, the fights I've seen. I love just everything about One. And I think that I'm more excited to watch more of their fights than even Bellator, I would say. Yeah. So check that out if you guys get a chance whether it's live or not doesn't really matter. But now we're going to get back into the UFC, the stuff we really know. One more thing. Oh, go ahead. One more thing, real quick.
0: This is just a real big deal for mixed martial arts as a whole. Uh, This weekend, the first ever, ever MMA event to be held in Paris, France, or in (laughs) France in general as a country is happening. So this one is the Mixed Martial Arts Grand Prix which is actually happening the day we're recording this. Mm-hmm. It's October 8th. So, and again, for them, it's already October 9th in right. France when this is happening. And then, Bellator is having their first ever event in Paris, France. And that's this weekend, Saturday, October 10th. They've got Czech Congo fighting on that, MVPs fighting, oh, uh, is Michael it. Venom Page, which is like their. That's basically Bellator's version of like an Israel Adesanya. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that's just big from a global standpoint that Mixed Martial Arts is finally making its way to France for the first time ever. A very big deal. Again, it's the Mixed Martial Arts Grand Prix happening at the day we're recording this on October 8th. And then Bellator is having their event there on October 10th. So I had to point that out. Yeah, Again, no, man, awesome. it's worldwide. And that's the best it's part about it. A global this. phenomenon. Yes, 100%.
1: That's what we love about it. Now we're going to move on now to the UFC.
0: we're into the UFC. You know, it's
1: <clears throat> ultimately it's the stuff that we know the most about. Right. So we start with November 7th. A fight has been added to this card. Jeremy Stevens. Who the fuck is that guy? I'll tell you. This guy is a fucking killer. Yes, he yes, is. Yes, I know he got clowned by McGregor. And that will be forever like the, the biggest thing he's known for. Yeah. But please do not disrespect this man's name anymore. He is an absolute legend. I just had to get this out of the way because I, I love Jeremy Stevens. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going up against a rising contender. Yeah, He's got a tough one. And Arnold Allen. Very tough fight. So, Dom, give your thoughts to people about this matchup and what this means for both guys, really. So we've got Jeremy
0: Stevens is ranked ninth currently. Arnold Allen is right above him at number eight. Arnold Allen is 16-1 and one on a seven-fight win streak in the UFC Last three coming against Jordan Rinaldi, (coughs) Gilbert Melendez, and Nick Lentz. Only one loss in his career ever. This is an iffy matchup for Jeremy Stevens, but Jeremy Stevens loves welcoming that challenge. Well, if we're talking a veteran of the UFC, say no more than Jeremy Stevens. Now, unfortunately, he has to hold the record for the most losses in UFC history, but those don't come without wins. This man is an absolute savage willing to put it all out on the line every time he walks into that octagon big task for Arnold Allen but if he can get this win he's now a namesake in that division making um, his way to that top five
1: Jeremy Stevens is never not like all of his losses are to guys that were top contenders at the time or rising contenders especially like even early on in his career he was fighting guys like Melvin Guttard Anthony Pettis Donald Cerrone Cub Swanson, like, you know, these are guys that have been in the UFC for almost like a decade. Yeah. yeah. And have all, a lot of those have fought for titles, won titles. Like, you don't just, you know, you don't just have that, even though you're losing those guys. Like, exactly. That that shows how much the UFC knows that he'll bring out of the guy he's fighting, not just what he'll bring to the table, but what he'll bring out of the other guy, because he's going to bring it.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, he's going to bring it. You know,
1: um, the Calvin Cater fight, which was the last time we saw him at UFC 249, that was pretty tough for him. Mm-hmm. He got split open.
0: Cater's on a tear right now.
1: Oh, so Cater's great. Step, that's yeah, another that's 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 exactly another, another loss where you're saying. But I even think back to, I forget what card it was. I want to say, oh, I, I'm not going to know it off the top of my head. He fought Zabi just a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, he did. Maybe a year and a half, two years ago. And he put on a good showing against Zabit, I thought. Mm-hmm. Like, considering how Zabit has looked, like, he put on a very good showing against him, and there's no reason why I can't see something similar here. I completely agree. I mean, Arnold Allen is a tough matchup for anybody, including Stevens, but uh, don't count out Jeremy, man. He, he still has something left, I think. Uh, he's got gas left in the tank. Yeah. And I, he's loved, gonna bring I, that I just love going I love the matchup. I think this is going to be fireworks. Oh,
0: yeah. And that's when? November 7th, Fight yep. Night? November
1: okay. 7th. That's uh, your boy, Glover and Tiago. Yeah. That's that card. Yeah, so that's that, that card's starting to look real mm-hmm. nice, isn't it? Then we move on to a guy we talk about all the time. The biggest contender, or. The hottest. <laughs> the hottest prospect, prospect in the yeah. UFC. Hamzat Chimaev. Oh, man. He's calling but, out everybody. But, yes. However. He's not the one that's making the headline here. Right. We've had a lot of people that have said either, I'm not going to fight you yet because it's not worth it. Right. Basically. Or have said, I want that fight. But our most recent example, and one that I feel is very realistic, is Cowboy Oliveira. The other cowboy. The other cowboy. So, Dom, tell the people kind of, what led up to like what Oliveira said, and ultimately where we go from here? Oliveira
0: essentially is saying, "Hey man, you're saying everybody's ducking you and doesn't want to fight you, but here I am. You know, I'm calling you out right here on Twitter." He said he's ready for a fight right now. And uh, Hamzad is literally just basically roasting everybody in the welterweight and middleweight divisions, saying, "I'm calling out top fives, top tens. Nobody here wants to fight me." I'm ready to fight whenever, wherever. Tell me when, Dana. Just name the opponent. He basically doesn't even care who it is at this point. His manager, Ali Abdelaziz, came out and said they've had three guys turn down fights for three different reasons against Hamzat. Um, I personally would prefer him to fight a Neil Magny, to be honest. But I think being able to get a... And again, he's not guaranteed a win, right? Right. But to beat a guy... If he were to come in and beat a guy like Cowboy Oliveira, all he's doing is just making his star even brighter brighter than what it already is. So, uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't put it any better than that. Cowboy Oliveira is game. That guy's fought, again, a guy who's been around for a while. A long time. Um, he's fought the who's who as well. Um, he's even and the thing is he's already headlined a fight night before he headlined yep. against against Cowboy Cerrone it was Cowboy versus Cowboy yeah yep. so, I remember the poster um, it, it wouldn't be out of left field for him to be put in this position as a headliner on a fight and people love watching him fight he's yeah. always excited he's, I mean he just fought recently I believe that was the Darren Till uh, Robert Whitaker card, card I believe I don't know that for sure um, someone will have to fact check me on that but he did just fight recently he looked good yeah Still looking good, man. I mean, that guy's been through some shit. You ever read into his backstory? Bro. This man... I I don't want to mess this up, but... Apparently, on like Christmas or Christmas Eve, this man had a grenade thrown at him. You serious? Oh, yeah. Literal grenade. Just landed at his feet? I mean... You know, I... I, I, I prefer not to ask questions. Okay. Fair enough. But that dude he ain't just a fighter in the cage, man. He's a savage. That dude that dude comes from some shit. Yeah,
0: he's as game as they come.
1: Um Yeah, kind of a weird little point there about the grenade, but he's okay. <laughs> yeah, clearly. He's <laughs> so ready to fight Hamzat. He's ready to fight Hamza, who I, I don't know which one I would prefer, Hamzat or the grenade, so <laughs> <laughs> We'll see what we'll see what happens <laughs> That's there. That's a good point. Uh, we move on from there to Leon Edwards been making headlines. Oh, this is
0: just high school drama at this point.
1: Um, So Leon Edwards, for a while, for especially the last couple weeks, has really been garnering a a lot of sympathy from the MMA community. You know, he's the number three ranked contender at welterweight. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't fought in over a year. He was scheduled to fight Tyron Woodley at the end of March or early April. Um, That fight card got scrapped, obviously, because of COVID. Um, That fight didn't get rebooked. Instead, Tyron fought Gilbert Burns, and then Tyron fought Colby Covington. But um, a lot of that was due to just uh, international travel bans that have been going on and whatnot. So he's been struggling to get a fight. Well... Now there's been some, you know, he's been trying to call out guys like Vidal, Colby Covington, they just don't seem... Gilbert see Burns, it. even. Yeah, they just don't seem to really be interested. Uh, mostly it's just because he's not, he's probably one of the least, he's the least well-known guy in that top five, for sure. Yeah. And right now, he's really the only one without a clear path. Like, it seems like Usman and Even Gilbert though it should Burns, be
0: the clearest path, you know? Eight wins in a row yeah, unbeaten I mean, in four I'm, years, but yet it's, it's he's so far from a title shot. It's
1: going to be Usman Burns and likely Masvidal Covington. Yeah, I would and say. the winner
0: of Masvidal Covington will probably get the next title yeah. shot. So,
1: so he's kind of in this this rut. He's stuck. At, he's a man with no home, or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. But he has had one guy that's been literally calling him out in the nicest of ways, <laughs> and that's the NMF. The NMF. Not the BMF. The nicest motherfucker. Yes. Wonderboy Thompson. Steven
0: Wonderboy Thompson.
1: We love some Wonderboy. Who doesn't? Yeah, he's, he's a great guy. Called him out in the nicest of ways. Leon basically said, go fuck yourself. Respectfully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he literally said that. Um, so, shout out to Steven. So I do just want to finish my point by saying that he had a lot of support, a lot of sympathy. And now it seems like everybody's kind of turning on him again. On Leon. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It because Stephen Thompson is ranked sixth yes. in the division. or Might even be fifth. No, fifth. fifth. I, I think he's fifth. fifth, yeah. He's a top five guy. Yes. Like, come on, man. Like, people are like, okay, we get it. Like, he's below you. But, but it's the
0: biggest fight you can have right now.
1: Yeah, it's like, do you want to fight or not, Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's a guy that's fought for two. He's fought in two title fights against Tyron Woodley. So he's he's got the name value to where you. And one beat, of them was so, a
0: draw. Yeah. Like.
1: So if you beat Stephen Thompson, I don't see how that hurts. I, I, like I get that there's a risk you might lose, but you're going to have that risk fighting any of these guys. At Being top five. as
0: inactive as he has been, this would arguably be the biggest win for him. Like I know he's got wins over you know guys like RDA, and but uh, having a win against Thompson, putting your name back in there at a time where the welterweight division's really the biggest it's been in a while right now i think he needs to take the fight will he it doesn't seem like it and this is a guy stephen thompson was offered the fight against Hamzat chemaev and thompson saying why would i take that risk why would i fight an unranked guy when i'm ranked fifth i want leon edwards i want you number three leon edwards leon if i'm on my way out i should be an easy stepping stone for you to get to the title please let's fight in the nicest way possible that's how he called out leon edwards so it's just like it's just a lot of drama in the welterweight division right now.
1: Yeah, and you can I can tell that Thompson feels a little uncomfortable by the <laughs> being involved in it. Yeah, but it's like he's just he wants a fight. Yeah, he's fought in a this, while either. This fight makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for both guys. Yes, I'm sh- I get it. it. It does more for Thompson, I guess, because he's below Edwards. But this is this has always work. This is the side of me that gets the hates rankings. Right. Because then all the fighters want to focus his rankings. They just want to be like, oh, well, I'm ranked ahead of you. So yeah. it's like, yeah. like, dude, just, he's one of the best guys in the division. One of the biggest names. Fight him. Yeah. If you want to fight, fight. It's not fighting a guy like Hamzat, which I understand him not wanting to do, a guy who's not ranked. Yeah. And if you beat him, the the narrative's going to be, well, Hamzat just isn't that good. Yeah. It's not going to be that Leon Edwards is that good. Yeah, exactly. This matchup... It would be. Leon
0: Edwards is that good if he beat Steven Thompson.
1: It would be the most convincing win of his career. Yeah. Because let's face it, man. I mean, he beat RDA. Always an impressive win. Yeah. But, you know, and he beat Cowboy Cerrone. Right. Um, He also beat... um, Oh, what's that one guy's name? I'm I'm blanking on his... uh, Gunnar Nelson. Yep. He beat Gunnar Nelson, but that was by split decision. Now, I love Gunnar Nelson, but if you're the number three guy in the division, like, and you had a split decision a year and a half ago, yeah. you know, it it, it it brings up questions, and it's a lot of decisions. You know, he's been on a lot of fight nights, obviously. I mean, he's been headlining a couple fight nights, but he has to understand where he's at. He doesn't really have the power in the situation. Yeah. And if it's not Wonder Boy, who's it going to be? I just don't see it being any other way. He just keeps waiting, I guess. I just don't see any other path. And the longer he waits, I think the worse it's going to get. Yeah, Leon hasn't fallen since
0: July of 2019. Steven Thompson coming off that win against Vicente Luque. He hasn't fallen since November of 2019.
1: Yeah. Come on. Let's just cut the bullshit. Yeah. Let's fight. Let's do it. But I do love the matchup if it happens. It's a great
0: fight, yeah. Yeah.
1: And I'm actually optimistic that it will happen. Could be wrong. I hope. But I Leon's got to eventually come to his senses on this. I just don't think Mosvidal Masvi- and Covington are not going to take that fight with him. I just don't think it's going to happen. No. But I guess we'll leave it there for now. Yeah. And once, that was just drama. If this, if this fight gets announced or when these two guys do get fights, obviously we'll talk about it more. But for now, no actual fight announcement, just some bullshit. Yeah. We move on to something that's very concerning.
0: Nah, I don't like this. Don't like so,
1: this. So, I believe this was after Cody Garbrandt got announced off 255, or was it when Yeah, because Usman...
0: uh, it was a, uh, after that one, because Aljo was ready to step in, basically.
1: So, Aljo, after Cody Garbrandt was originally scheduled to, we talked about this, the headline yep. UFC 255, uh, he was going down in weight to try to beat the flyweight champion, Davison Figueredo. Cody tore his bicep.
0: Yep. Bicep.
1: So he's out. <clears throat> in steps Alex Perez, who's a very unknown guy in you know, in that division. So Algermain goes, Oh, there's a spot open. So he goes, Hey Peter Jan, who Ready? Who's the Bantamweight champion? He goes, How about we how about we get it on, on that date? Yeah. <clears throat> and Peter Jan's like, look, man, <laughs> It's not me you have to worry yeah, about. Yeah, he's basically like, I'm down, but uh, I don't the think, UFC ain't. I don't think... He's like, I'm I, I, he's like, i not the one who ain't signing. Yeah, I think he's he like,
0: said the UFC might have other plans from what I'm hearing. Yes.
1: Yeah. I read that and I said, huh? Somehow that was the most terrifying response. Like, he, if he would have responded with some, like, I'll kill you or I'll, <laughs> I will... Even if it was, like, I'll take you into the deepest waters and drown you. Like, that's... Hey, that's badass. That's scary. But him just saying... Maybe you should be a little scared because I think the UFC might have other plans. Like, that's actually kind of terrifying.
0: Noah, tell me they're not giving a title shot to Frankie Edgar. Tell me right now. They're not.
1: Actually, that's not who I thought it was going to be.
0: I mean, are you thinking winner of our preview card? No?
1: No. There's a gentleman who will be back in January. Oh, my word. Uh, TJ Dillashaw.
0: You just threw me for a loopity loop, <laughs> right there.
1: Um, oh. would it, it would make sense, wouldn't it? No. Why are they holding off? TJ Dillashaw, for those of you that don't know, he's probably the second best bantamweight of all time in yeah. the UFC, After behind Dominic, Dominic Cruz. Cruz. Um, he's been a multiple-time champion. Uh, he's knocked out Cody Garbrandt twice. He tried to go down to flyweight like Cody was planning to do. Um, The first ever card on ESPN. Yep. He was headlined against Henry Cejudo, who had just won the flyweight title from Demetrius Johnson, who's one of the best ever. Uh, That was a big fight. Um, TJ was going down in weight. He got knocked out in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Got dropped like three times. I know there's a lot of debate about that stoppage. (laughs) It was just going to keep happening. Come on, man. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So coming off that fight, um, there was a lot of talks of like a rematch, maybe a bantamweight or just another rematch at flyweight. But we didn't have to worry about any of that uh, because TJ TJ took care of that for himself. He popped for EPO, which is a steroid, essentially. Yeah, it's the same thing that um, Lance Armstrong Armstrong tested positive for, for you know, comparison's sake. Yeah. So he's given a two-year suspension. But it's a two year suspension from the time of the fight. Yeah. And that fight first week of January, I believe.
0: Of twenty nineteen. Yes. And now we're approaching January
1: twenty twenty one. So Oh,
0: I don't like that. Is
1: that does that seem plausible to you. Yeah,
0: it does, now that you say it. I did not even think about that.
1: When you said Frankie Edgar, I had heard that, but I I really don't think that that's going to happen.
0: The only other thing I thought of was the winner of Marais and Sanhagen, but I don't even like that, (laughs) because if Sanhagen were to beat Marais... Because I just
1: kept thinking, like, okay, Aljo is a very marketable guy. Yeah. He's got the flash. he's got the personality... Um, he's got the resume to back it up. He's got everything. He's a good talker. He, great you know, cornerman. Great. Coach, yeah, he's got even. a great camp behind him. Like I was like, what is it that's stopping UFC from committing? Wow. To me, Frankie Edgar is not that at this point, point. and I don't think Marais or Sandhagen are. Obviously, not Sandhagen, but Marais even. Even though he knocked out Aljo a long time ago, yeah. To me, it's T.J. Dillashaw. I could be wrong. That's a... But we're approaching... I mean, likely if this fight got booked, I mean, sure, it could take a spot on 255 or 256, but it'd likely be for the beginning of 2021. Yeah. That's when TJ comes back. Yeah,
0: TJ can fight in January. Yeah. So he could start training for a fight right now. Just because he's not eligible to fight, he can train for a fight and still fight in January 21. Oh, Noah. Yeah. Did I... Did I... I didn't even think about that. Yeah. didn't cross my mind.
1: Yeah, it's, um... I don't like it. I Aljo versus Jan is the fight. But, you know, I... And I don't really, like... Is TJ really that much... Like, is he really gonna do that much for pay-per-view buys that... I don't think people like him now. Well, I mean, maybe they look at it like they people are gonna tune in to see him lose. There is a thing... Colby Covington has that effect, you know? I mean, the, I guess... Ah, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't like it. It feels very scummy to me.
0: All Jermaine deserves it so bad. Al
1: Jermaine deserves it. He's earned it. And like, if it wasn't him, like if Marlon Moraes wins on Saturday, like I still think Aljo has yeah, earned man. it. Five but, fight win streak. Like, I'm just saying that. You know, like really, I would even put Marlon as like above TJ. There's a lot of guys I put above TJ at this point. Like, give make him earn it, man. Yeah. But, you know, it, uh, that's just what I thought. I don't know if I know I threw you for a loop there, but
0: Yeah. I mean, that's very plausible now that I think about it. Yeah. The timeline it, it lines up.
1: Yeah. Uh hope there'll definitely be more to come of this. I'm sure Aljo is freaking out. Oh, he
0: probably saw that tweet and was like, "Huh?
1: That's that was the most that, that was that tweet like gave me shivers." I yeah. was like, "Whoa, like that sounds like a serial killer." Just yeah. like it's not me, you have to be worried about. Yeah. It was like, wait, is there someone behind me? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but obviously, more to come on that. Um, we'll move on to. Uh, so we had 255. Uh, that main event is off. Well, now Davison's fighting Alex Perez. Our main event for 256 is also off. Off the table. Kamaru Usman versus Gilbert Burns. No longer going to be headlining that card. It looks like it's going to be rebooked for, like, February. Yeah, I
0: saw January, February. Kamaru just said he has some uh, lingering injuries. He wouldn't have been ready in time. Yeah. But they're keeping – Burns is going to get the title shot. Yeah, so.
1: I, I think that's – I'm glad they're doing that. There's <clears> been – you know, Ariel Hawani has been pushing for him to fight – uh Leon. Leon. Uh, I think Gilbert's earned it. He's, yeah. he's the second time that it's going to fall through the cracks, at least for now. So, like, at this point, like, it's not his doing. I mean, the first time COVID, like, yeah. how can you help that? This time Usman pulling out. Like, yeah. the guy hasn't done anything wrong. Don't make him re-earn the title shot. Right. You know? But that card, that fight is ultimately off that card. So now you have the one title fight on there, Megan Anderson uh, fighting Amanda Nunez.
0: I hmm. wonder what they're going to fill it up with. Well. Kind of segues us, huh?
1: It does. I do have one news story oh, in between true, it. True. But I guess we'll... It relates, though. Yeah, I mean...
0: We're tying these last two bullet points into one big
1: one. So, once again, the, the days of our lives, <laughs> the young and the rest A lot of drama going on in the U.S. The lightweight team. division is just a, a vicious news cycle every day. It's so hard to keep up. But... We'll start with Tony Ferguson He did an interview with Ariel Hawani. What an interview <laughs> it, It's always like that with Tony <laughs> uh, He just kind of went off Yeah Deservingly so I thought we were going to get a fight announcement Me too um, I was thinking it was either going to be him versus Chandler Or him versus Poirier Probably on 255 or 256 um, That did not happen He instead just basically said Ranted He ranted Yeah so, and what this is also going to lead into is Poirier, Dustin Poirier, after that fight with Tony was ultimately scrapped. Yeah. Um, he kind of called a shot, in a sense, to Connor. Hey, Connor, what are you up to? Connor's like, charity boxing match.
0: Come to Ireland, baby.
1: <laughs> and. I guess...
0: And it, all, it looked like that was going to happen. Uh, I, I never thought then that the, was going to happen. Essentially, the UFC sees that. They're like, no, 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 no. So then here's, a, like, here's, a, here's a fight. we're going to offer you a fight.
1: Yeah. Dustin accepts. Connor... And as
0: of today, when we're recording, Connor said he accepted. Well, hold
1: on. That's not necessarily true, Dom. Yeah, it is. That, that, no, 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 no.
0: There's an exception to that sentence.
1: They offered... Yes. The fight that was offered was for 2021. Yes. Connor said, nope. Connor said it has to be in 2020. It's always something, isn't there? It? It's always something. So these are like three points in one. But why we're grouping the Us- Usman versus Burns being put off to these stories is because ultimately, 256 is going to need some boosting. It is. Like and what the Nunez versus Megan Anderson great fight? But like if people were talking about boosting up 255. 255 is looking like a hell of a card. Yeah. I don't know what you guys are looking at. <laughs> look, I get it. Those two title fights on paper look one sided. You got Davison going up against Alex Perez, and then Valentina going up against Jennifer Maya. But a potential main card under that of Brandon Roy Val versus Brandon Moreno, likely number one contender for we the winner of that fight. flyweight title fight. Then you got Robbie Lawler versus Mike Perry. That's funny. What a fight that is, right? Especially
0: if we get Darren Till in Barry's corner.
1: (laughs) That's a whole other story. Yeah, I don't know if that's... (laughs) No, no, no.
0: We're not. We're not.
1: Um, And then we also have... What was the other one I mentioned?
0: There's like two or three other ones.
1: Um,
0: Valentina's sister's fighting. Antonina fighting. Oh, she's fighting fighting.
1: Ariane Lipsky. Um, I don't think that'll be on the main card because we're getting a rematch between Shogun Hua and Paul Paul Craig. Craig. That was a great fight that happened last year. Um, I called for that in our uh, "Who's Next" episode we yep. did, um, so I'm glad that fight's happening. But that main card is good. Those are legends, up and comers. Yes, everything. Chant, ti- two title fights, like that card. I think is good. I and don't the think the
0: flyweights you... for both men's and women's deserve their spot in the limelight. I like it. Let fly, them have it. Flyweight night. Flyweight night.
1: But 256 Six. needs a little bit more boosting.
0: Well, um, I can't think of a better way to boost a pay-per-view sale.
1: And I know the UFC doesn't love to put non-title, or Conor fights essentially, Above above, above a title fight. It's only happened twice that I can recall ever. Both cases being because what was supposed to be the main event title fight, the title holder, dropped out. UFC 196 was originally Conor McGregor versus... Um, Rafael Dos Anjos he was attempting to go champ champ there RDA has to drop out in steps Nate Diaz under that fight was Holly Holm versus Misha Tate um, for the women's bantamweight title Yep. and then the next month actually UFC 197 originally supposed to be the rematch between Jon Jones and Daniel Cormier Jon Jones big comeback Daniel Cormier is a title holder at that point DC has to drop out in Steps, St. Seppru. Underneath that flyweight title, Demetrius Johnson against a young, spunky Henry Cejudo Yep. before pre-Triple C days. Yeah. Uh, so those are the only two times I can recall that ever happening. So, I, I don't know. Third time's the charm, Noah. I think... Right now, there's only three fights that are announced for 256. It's Nunes versus Anderson. Then you got Carlos Barza versus Amanda Rebus. Great fight. fight, yeah. And then Amari Akhmedov versus Marvin Vittori. Oh, yeah,
0: that was just recently announced. Which, good for good Marvin
1: fight. to get that. Yeah. You know, it's a guy above him, so I like that. But, ultimately, that card does need some boost.
0: Well, throw Conor McGregor on there, and it's red panty night for everybody.
1: So, do you think that Conor Poirier happens?
0: Well, I liked your idea. You probably wanted to say this yourself, but I I just wanted to give you credit. You pointed out, and I've even seen tweets about it. I mean, if you notice, uh, UFC 256 is on December 12th. That leaves two other Saturdays uh, in the month of December open. So, I wouldn't put it past the UFC to throw on an extra pay per view to end up, because they usually end the year huge yeah. anyway. Yes, they do. Um, I can't think of a better way to end the year than the return of Connor versus a fan favorite in Dustin. It's a rematch years in the making. Uh, so much hype would be behind that fight, and of course, they'd stack it with many more great fights <laughs> underneath. This is true. I think they, I like the idea of them doing their own pay per view, but at the same time, Doing a 256 headliner with Amanda as the co-main, that's huge. Yeah. So either way, I don't want them to fight at the 255 card in November. No. I don't want
1: that. I don't think it need I don't think Connor. I, apparently, he said he would, but considering there's two title fights underneath them, you might. I, as, I, yeah. I just. I would rather. I understand putting him above Amanda Nunes and Megan Anderson, even though Amanda is the women's goat. But I get it. But what I was, yeah, I told you, I, I think that what I think is going to happen is that they're going to create UFC 257 to happen like two weeks later.
0: Yeah, you know what I wish they'd do for 256? Have Amanda Headline and do Whaley Rose co-main.
1: Either Whaley Rose or Jan Aljo. Yeah, that'd be sick.
0: But I, I think they create their own pay-per-view for Connor and Dustin. Because it's not like they've announced, oh, 257 is January 21. They haven't done that no. yet, so...
1: Especially with right now when you don't have to worry about the... Tra- like well, You have to worry about travel for your infrastructure, your yeah. people. But ultimately, it's not... You don't have to try to s- book an arena in advance. You can, you're can. probably going to be doing it at the Apex or, or at Fight Island. Or one of the two. So, why not just say, screw it, we're doing a pay-per-view? Yeah. can't be... I mean, really... I mean, I'm, They've I know done two I know pay-per-views
0: in one month before. They have done it before.
1: So. And they've also been... They've done... Before, where they've scrapped pay-per-views, like, I was just talking about Henry versus TJ. That was originally supposed to headline UFC 233. They scrapped that pay-per-view and just made most of those fights the first ESPN card. Yep. Just because it was such a big they deal. They wanted to go big, Yeah. And UFC 233 doesn't exist. Yeah. Never happened. Never. So they've done that before, so why can't you do the opposite and just add another one? Yeah, exactly. And that card's going to sell boatloads of cash. Will it you likely, can just do that fight Would it likely hurt UFC 256? Yes, because it probably wouldn't be very stacked. But the, the roster is so deep. Yeah. You There's can, no reason.
0: You can put more great great fights with 256 to showcase Amanda, your women's goat, and still have plenty of great fights yeah. to do an additional pay-per-view. Yeah, And
1: I don't want to get too ahead of myself because they're saying like, oh, there's only three fights announced. We're It's in December. We still have a ways. Yeah, we have you time. Know, likely we won't be hearing too much more about that until... November. Uh, later in the month maybe, yeah. but yeah. Late November. October, early November. Um, but hopefully this fight does happen. Oh. It's looking more realistic every day, and I was not confident in it. You know what I think would be awesome? I think I know what you're going to say. UFC 257. You want me to... I'm gonna guess what you're gonna say. Yes. Headlined by Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, co-mained yeah by Tony Ferguson versus Michael Chandler.
0: Yep, precisely.
1: That is terrific. Oh yeah, it <laughs> is. <laughs> that and that answers kind of the other bullet point here of what's next for Tony. Yep, it's exactly. Michael Chandler. Yep, welcome that welcome that, that man to the names. welcome him to the UFC. Yep, um, either that or Dan Hooker that's where it is obviously I want to see him versus Habib at some point but realistically he needs to earn it yeah if I say that about Connor, I gotta say it about Tony I gotta yep. say it about everybody yep so go earn it now if Connor <laughs> Connor beats Dustin we'll a good rematch <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh, you know three. what it would at least feel more warranted
0: yep Habib even said if you want to get to me you have to beat Dustin Habib has very high regard for Dustin for it
1: as he should So, I overall though that's going to be huge if it happens in a Connor
0: Dustin match at 155, man.
1: A rematch, years in the making. um, It will guys that they're at such different places in their career than the first time they fought. Connor took over the world and is kind of, in a way, it's like people are questioning has he stagnated? You know, he looked terrific against Cowboy Cerrone, but. Has he stagnated while well, Dustin has done nothing but improve and oh, it's shown?
0: He's, he's gotten better every
1: fight. So there's a lot of question, like, okay, what's gonna happen? It, Different weight class because Connor knocked him out in about a minute and a half in the first yeah. fight. Yeah. So it, this there's a lot of questions about this one. It's not so easy to predict.
0: Love it, love that matchup.
1: Yeah, I do too, and I just love that these two guys seem to be kind of like.
0: I I've, t- I've told you this. Working with that them. Connor. That respectful but yet confident Connor is the Connor I enjoy. I don't need the Connor that we saw against Habib, and because um, even the Connor against Nate, like that was more of just funny trash talk. Yeah, I don't need that personal shit. There, and then the Connor we saw with Cowboy, I loved, and I think we're seeing more of the same here with Dustin. So he's going to donate to five hundred thousand dollars to Dustin's charity since they can't do the charity fight now, and I, I think it's all awesome.
1: Yeah, and Dustin said that's going to go to creating a new. What was it? Uh,
0: boxing slash MMA gym in his hometown where him and D.C. grew up. Yeah. And to, uh, you won't have to pay a membership fee. Kids will be allowed to participate at the school as long as they keep good grades. Yeah. Which That's Which is awesome. just awesome, yeah.
1: That's in Lafayette, I believe. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that's I just love everything about that. Yeah. Hopefully to fight like UFC, it's in there. it's you know, they're the ones that are gonna end up with the egg on their face if they don't do it at this you point. You can't
0: let this fight flop. Really? You
1: can't. It's ultimately the you know, Connor's They fumbled pushed the bag it. with Dustin and Tony. Conor and don't. Dustin have pushed it. They both keep saying they agreed to it. If the if Dana comes out, you know, this weekend and says Oh, well, Dustin doesn't want to fight or Connor doesn't want to fight it's not going to it's going to be the good. first
0: question asked you know it's going to be yeah
1: and we'll be talking all about it on Monday, Monday. <laughs> but for now that is the end of the news yeah, the episode's not over where are you going? come back <laughs> sit down we still got a card to we got preview. a whole card to preview here that's just the news the news but we are on to previewing hashtag UFC Fight Island 5 oh yeah we
0: got yeah. a six fight main card don't we? Or do we have five? Is it five? Uh, I have five. Six? Five? I have five. Am I missing one? I have have six, but it might be five. (laughs) One fight got scrapped late and moved to next week, but then on the UFC's app they rebooked it, so there's six fights on the main card.
1: Okay, so <laughs> I've
0: got the first fight broken down for you. Don't worry.
1: Okay, so let me pull it up and make we're sure. We're to pull an audible here.
0: <laughs> uh, let me, let's see. We've got Mariah Sanhagen Barbosa, Makwan, Ben Marcin Marcus Drickus, Tom Allen, Youssef, and Ilya. Okay, it's six fights. Okay,
1: on my list. Are you j- panicking? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. Jesus, bro. <laughs> And they're going to make me pronounce... This is the hardest names on the whole card. All right. We have a six fight main card, people. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so we're going to open our nine up featherweight. Yusuf... <laughs> Yusuf Z. <laughs> Yusuf Zalau. Zalal. Yeah. Is going up against Ilya... superior <laughs> Then we go to heavyweight... Yeah. A prospect in Tom Aspinall. Love this guy. Going up against the debuting Alan Baldo. Then we go to middleweight, Marcus Perez. A dude's a psycho. Dresses up like the Joker. Yes. Going up against another uh, guy making his debut. This is a sweet name. Drickus Duplessis. (laughs) Nice. I don't think that's... I feel like you're saying... Every time you say nice, I feel like there's someone (laughs) that speaks that language listening that goes... Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Stupid Americans. <We're> trying. <laughs> then, our apparent fourth fight of the night. Yes. Big boys at heavyweight again. Ben Rothwell is back, and he's going up against another veteran of the heavyweight division, yep. Marcin Tibera. Then, our coming main event, oh. Edson Barboza is also mm. back. This is at Featherweight again, his second fight at Featherweight. He's going up against Makwan Amir Khani, a guy that doesn't get talked about a lot, but he's been fighting in the UFC for about five years. Yeah, so yeah. Give that man his due. But, we end the night. Big one. Main event. Huge title implications, as we said earlier. Bantamweight action. Magic Marlon Moraes. Oh, yeah. it's going up against the kid, Corey Sandhagen. Love it. <laughs> so, we'll start with uh, Yusuf Zalau and Ilya Topiria. So Men's do, featherweight action. You break Noah. it down.
0: Yusuf is ten and two with two KO, TKO's five submissions, three and zero in the UFC. This will be his fourth fight of 2020. Noah. He is three and zero in the year 2020, going for win number four. We're seeing a lot of active fighters. We love mentioning that. And Yusuf is the next one to have his fourth fight of the year. Uh, Ilya, on the other hand, is eight 0 one KO, TKO, seven submissions. Ding, ding, ding. That's eight for eight finishes, folks. This is his UFC debut. Seven out of his eight finishes have come in the first round, my friend.
1: This guy seems for real.
0: Oh, yeah. He's not bad. No. But Yusuf's not bad. 3-0 in the UFC. What are we going to get here?
1: I'm going to ask you that question because this is the fight that I was not aware was on the main card. Now, listen.
0: When a guy's undefeated, I don't care who they fought, similar to um, our boy Dusko from last week. Yeah. They're undefeated for a reason, and I think the streak continues here. I'm going with an Ilya Tuperia. Man, eight of eight finishes. UFC debut, a lot to prove. He's on the main card at Fight Island. My goodness gracious. Give me another finish right here. He's going to make it eight out of nine via first-round finish. I'm going submission.
1: Submission? First-round
0: Ilya Tuperia.
1: So as I'm scrambling to... I really... Well, your <laughs> your preview actually helped. Good. because That's my goal with this. Yes. Yeah. The nitty-gritty. Because ultimately I'm also going to go with Ilya here. But that, it's tough, though, because you do have Yusuf, who is 3-0 in the UFC. Um, it's tough. I mean, no. all three unanimous decisions as well. Yeah. He actually was on the card for our preview, our our pilot episode. Yep, yep. So that's pretty cool. It's the last time he fought. But I'm also going to go, I'm actually going to go with the first round mm, K.O.T.K.
0: Alright, alright, (sighs) alright. But,
1: uh, you know, that's, uh, don't put too much on my (laughs) thoughts there. Um, Dom definitely is carrying that one. But we'll move on to some fights I do know a little more about. Second fight, Tom Aspinall versus Alan Baldo. Dom, break it down.
0: Tom is 8-2. and two. Seven KO TKOs, one submission. Ladies and gentlemen, two fights. We've got two fighters with 100% finish rates. He's a perfect 8-8 eight of eight in finishes. 1-0 and zero in the UFC. <coughs> and my goodness, in his UFC debut, did he look crispy clean with that striking? He really did. Very good striker, very good boxer. Put the man to sleep with a... Right cross or was it a left cross? Right cross. Right cross. Oh, man, that thing was a home run shot. All of Tom Aspinall's eight finishes have came in the first round. On the other end of the octagon, we've got Allen, who is eight and 8-1 with seven KOTKOs, so that's seven out of eight via finish, making his UFC debut. Five out of his seven finishes have also came in the first round. This card is just full of finishers, and we love that. We love that, but I can't go against Tom Aspinall. Not after what I saw in that UFC debut of his. I'm telling you, the boxing skills I saw on display in the short amount of time we got to see it, I was so impressed. And I think I was so impressed that he's going to get another first round KO in this one on Saturday night. So,
1: man, you are spot on with Aspinall by the way that, that so impressive dude that stand up oh my gosh the boxing was beautiful yeah, yeah it was that was beautiful to watch yeah. I mean that really made a statement to me oh yeah on the other end look Alan Baldo for making a de- this is such a tough fight to debut what a fight like this is a fight to me like I feel like both these guys could end up being very legit in the UFC yep. Baldo like that finishing rate is no joke. Yeah. His one loss, though, happened in 2017, 26 seconds into the first round of knockout loss. Hmm. Interesting. I right. am going to give him a little more um, all right, time. All right. I'm going to go with a, you know what, I'll do a third round TKO KO. For Tom? For Tom Espinoza. Third round, huh? Man, no, I'm gonna go with second. All JJ. right, I'm gonna go with the second round. He's never been to the third round before. So. Second
0: round, huh? Come on, come on. No, Bump I ain't it going up with first. Me. Come on. Uh,
1: I think you will see. I think this is my fight of the night. Really? Yeah. Well, mm, mm, I keep. <laughs> you're, you're, no, I'm gonna stick with you're it. You're pulling I think, a dom. <laughs> uh, it's. I only see it going to the second, but I think this fight could be pretty nutty. Right. Um, because Baldo has... Shown that he will come in and bang, yeah. And Aspinall was looking clean, so I think that this has the makings to be a stand-up, just beautiful chaos, as we like to say. Right. And ultimately, though, I think Aspinall, with the crisp, probably technique, I think is going to ultimately get the upper hand, and also having a little bit more experience in the UFC. Um, But Baldo, I believe, look out for that guy. I think he's going to show some things here. Yeah, for sure. That's going to at least put people like, oh, okay, that guy I want to watch out for. Well,
0: and we talked about it on uh, Wednesday's episode, uh, that heavyweight division right now just seems stale, Yep. you know, that top, like, eight anyway does, because they've, like, all fought each other, so I really want these new prospects to get in there quick, so this is a really good fight.
1: And uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if I heard you say it or not, but Baldo is coming up from light heavyweight. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, so this is his that's virtue. another yeah. reason what's making me think because, you know, he might not be used to the power and right. the size of someone at heavyweight. Um, he is 32 years old. Uh, he's four though, so he's a big guy. Yeah. Uh, should be very interesting. Oh, yeah. He's that's affiliated a, with a the MMA, MMA factory, so he's definitely got some good guys behind him. But I think this will just be a, um, what do we call it? Like, it's like a... Like, what goes up must come down at least once. Yeah, yeah. So he's kind of been on this rise in the the minor leagues. Essentially, he'll have a slight come down, but I think he'll go right back up right. after this, as you mentioned in that heavyweight division. We need guys like that. So yeah, I'm very excited for that one. That's I'm picking out to be fight of the night. I'll say it.
0: I like it. I like it.
1: So we move on to Marcus Perez and Dricus Duplessis, the Joker himself. I'm gonna let you take it away.
0: Middleweight action, 185 pounds. Marcus is 12 and three with three KOTKOs, six submissions. He's two and three in the UFC, uh, but his losses, man. His debut was against Eric Anders, former Alabama football player. Um, he lost to him via unanimous decision. Also lost to tough alumni Andrew Sanchez via unanimous decision. Um, no notable wins in my opinion just yet. Again, just two and three in the UFC. Um, I will say he beat Ian Heinish at LFA 22 back in 2017 via submission. So not a notable win in the UFC, but pretty notable when you look back at it now considering Ian is a top 15 at Middle League. Yes,
1: and also LFA is pretty much the premier minor league organization right. for, men's, for men's up-and-comers. Right. Uh, if you play UFC 4, that's one of the options yep. to start your career at. Yep. So that shows that how the UFC value LFA.
0: Yeah, I got my ass kicked down there on UFC 4 a couple times. <laughs> and uh, Drickus on the other hand, is 14-2. Ladies and gentlemen, for the third straight fight, we've got a fighter with a 100% finish rate, five KO nine submissions, another UFC debut, three fights in a row. I'm telling you, these are the best fight nights. Don't sleep. These are the best
1: Fight nights. This man's got a hundred percent finish weight finish rate. <laughs> win or lose.
0: Yeah, man.
1: That man going to sleep this when he is loses. Guys too. Savage, bro.
0: <laughs> this is this is my fight of the night right here. I, I think like we're going to see beautiful chaos. Now. I like it. I like it. But I'm going with the UFC debut. I'm going Drickus. Aren't Drickus Duplessis, <laughs> right here. UFC debut, making a statement against Marcus Perez fan-friendly guy. got A lot of people love watching him at the weigh-ins when the fans would be there. He'd paint his face and do all the crazy stuff. The Joker video is actually terrifying. Dead he it. literally looks like dead-ass, the Joker. Yeah, he does. Um, I'm going Drickus here. I think we're getting a war, but I think we're seeing a finish in the
1: third round via KO I'm so close to picking the same thing as you.
0: <clears throat> hey, you're allowed to, man. Now,
1: okay, Marcus Perez, I worry, of, I, he is definitely at a bit of a crossroads here. Sure, he does have, you know, he has some. There's like a hint of of uh, following, yeah. a hint of following to yeah. him, you know, just for the antics, kind of at the weigh-ins yeah. and whatnot. And you know, he, for to his credit, he puts on a good show yeah. as well. Yeah. But two and three in the UFC, not necessarily gonna cut it. I still think he's gonna go two and four as well. Mm. I think uh I think drickus is a. I think this guy's going to be... Watch out for him. Yeah. Precisely. I think he continues that 100% finishing rate. That's... I'm also going third round. Come on. Via submission. Ah,
0: you've done that twice now. That's this bit...
1: man has submitted everybody. <laughs> yeah. Or or knocked him out because yeah. of 100%. Exactly. But it's uh it's a tough matchup. Uh, Drick is 26. Dude is... <laughs> dude is chiseled. Little mishap on the set. That just terrified me. <laughs> Your door's open because of I, that. I'll get it, I'll get it, I'll get it. Okay. So, Drickus is 26, he's chiseled. The dude looks fucking terrifying. Marcus Perez is going to be the smaller guy in this fight. I think, uh... I think it's going to be... A, I think Actually, you could be right about that fight tonight. I might have been a little too... Might have been a little bit too, you know, trigger-happy trigger, trigger happy right. on the previous matchup. But um, I'll stick with it. Uh, Drick is still knocks. Do places. I think uh, third-round submission. I think it's going to be a great fight, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll even say this, though. I say it won't be fight tonight because I think it might be too, too one-sided. Really? You think? I think Perez will have his moments. You think but Drickus I think, makes I it, think uh, Drickus uh, makes a big statement. In this, a I think he breaks down Perez over those three rounds and ultimately finishes him. I like it. So that's why I won't say OV five tonight. Fair enough. Another heavyweight fight. The big boys. These are two guys that are, you know, people know these guys. Yeah, these, these are. These guys uh, have had, you know, Ben Rothwell, a longtime vet. Marcin Tybura maybe a little less known, but this guy is main evented. Uh, fight nights before. Yeah,
0: a veteran of the heavyweight division. Uh, both these guys. Ben is 38 and 12.
1: Yes, he is. That's
0: 50 fights. 50! 50. Uh, he has 28. 28 KOTKO, six submissions. That's 34 out of 38 wins via finish. He's 8 and 6 in the UFC. Notable wins coming against Brendan Schaub <laughs> via KO. Brandon Vera, uh, who we mentioned is at one championship now, beat him by TKO. Also TKO'd our boy Alastair Overeem. That's that's a very big win. Um, he submitted Matt Mitrione. He submitted Josh Barnett. He TKO'd the skyscraper, Stefan Struve. And then most recently, he welcomed Ovince St. Preux to the heavyweight division and sent him right back down to the light heavyweight <coughs> division with God, a split God. decision victory there. And he has some notable losses. Uh, he lost to Cain Velasquez back in the day during Cain's rise to start. That was,
1: that was a beatdown.
0: Yes, that was a TKO for Cain. He then lost to Mark Hunt via unanimous decision. Lost to Gabriel Gonzaga via submission, which is odd because Gabriel yeah. Gonzaga is just a powerhouse. Yeah, he is. Um, he lost to JDS via unanimous decision. Boygie Ivanov via unanimous decision. And his most recent loss was to Andre Arlovsky. Also via unanimous decision.
1: My best friend.
0: Your best friend. Mm-hmm. And on the other end of the octagon we got Marcin Tybura who is nineteen and six, seven KOTKO, six submissions. He's six and five in the UFC. Notable wins against Andre Orlovsky because Andre Orlovsky has literally fought every single damn person on the UFC heavyweight roster. Orlovsky was robbed. you <laughs> he, <also laughs> <laughs> he has also beaten Stefan Struve via unanimous decision. And Sergey uh, Spivak, who I had to mention. Sergey Spivak. Oh, sorry. The polar bear, right? The polar bear. Via unanimous decision. And some notable losses to Fabricio Verdum via unanimous decision. The black beast himself, Derek Lewis via KO. Shamil Abdurakhimov.
1: It's pronounced Shamil Abdurrahimov.
0: That's why you're here. Thank you. Uh, via TKO. If you don't know him, by the way, that's number nine rank in the heavyweight division. Kind of a big deal. And uh, Augusto Sakai via KO. We're going to see a heavyweight barn burner here. But, I think Big Ben gets the job done again.
1: Via decision. I'm agreeing with you. That last fight
0: with OSP was a drag.
1: Really? Remember I said I really liked it.
0: Yeah, I guess it was more so... Look, OSP gassed. Yeah, I think that's what made it.
1: But I feel like what's weird is I feel like OSP gassing made the fight more even. Like I feel like if OSP had the cardio, I think he would have taken that fight.
0: Well, and OSP gassing it kind of just left him to just throw one or two big (coughs) shots and then take some. But they were landing. Exactly. I mean, look, and
1: Rothwell was landing right back. It was. I I actually really liked that fight. I think you need to go rewatch it.
0: All right, I will.
1: I will. But. I'm going to actually agree with your pick again. Yeah. Rothwell by decision. Yeah. I think Rothwell has, uh, he has definitely shown some more grinded style.
0: Yeah, he has, for sure.
1: Um, Especially that last fight with OSP. Now, OSP being a very accomplished striker, it makes sense. Um, Tibura also kind of has that grinded out style. Yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of clinching in this fight. Yes, yes. Um, Rothwell's going to be a little bit bigger, I believe. And I think he's going to be a little bit more powerful to the point where he can get the better, the upper hand than his clinch, like in the clinch work and whatnot. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a particularly exciting fight, if I'm being honest, but it'll be a big win for Rothwell to kind of reestablish himself yeah. in that division if the OSP win didn't do it already. And um, for Tibera, you know, he, he, he ain't going to lose too much from this. He's already kind of a 500 fighter. Yeah. This is just another mm-hmm. loss for him, and he'll go on to the next one, I would yeah. say. But, I'm going to stick with Rothwell. By all means, you know, Tybura tends to lose by getting knocked out. Four of his six losses by knockout. So, in a way, it's like, okay, well, maybe he'll... Right. You know. But the finish rate of Rothwell shocked me when you said that. I did not know that. 34 out of 30? 30. 38? I would not have guessed that at all. Um... So that definitely had me going. hmm, Is he really going to go to two decisions in a row? But you don't do you don't do MMA math. Right. It never works out. That it's way. just
0: the styles of these guys. Yeah. I just now, don't think get it, me wrong. Both can go to sleep. It's yeah. A I think division, it's definitely but...
1: going to be a grinded out yeah. fight. Probably going to be my pick for what would be probably the least exciting fight of the night. Yeah. But still a big fight nonetheless. And you never know what can happen. Yeah. That's the beauty, of course watch this will end up being in our top 10 fights of yeah, all time right, someday and right i'm man. gonna have to eat those words yeah we do that quite often yeah, on the <laughs> below do. average just mma podcast <laughs> <laughs> we're below average yes now co-main event this is a fun one edson barboza versus real fun makwin amir khani yes i do
0: wish edson stayed at lightweight but i digress Edson Barbosa is 20-9 with 12 KOTKOs, one submission, and the most vicious damn kicks you'll ever see in your life. He's 14-9 and nine in the UFC. 23 of his 29 fights have been in the UFC. A true veteran for the company. Notable wins against Ross Pearson via split decision. King Bobby Green via unanimous decision. Uh, beat Paul Felder via unanimous decision. Beat Anthony Pettis by unanimous decision. Gilbert Melendez, unanimous decision. Uh, Benil Dayush with a very impressive KO there, and then the brutalization of Dan Hooker's body in his most recent KO finish.
1: That
0: hurt was, me watching. Yeah. Shout out Dan Hooker, the toughest <laughs> that there is. That was
1: a that was a smash. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. smash.
0: Yeah, it was, and he's about to get smashed in the notable losses too, because yeah. he's got losses to Cowboy Cerrone via submission. Michael Johnson, the unanimous decision. Tony Ferguson submitted him with a freaking Brock's choke or Broke's choke. I don't know, some weird choke. It's Only Tony Ferguson would do.
1: It's a Darst choke. Oh, I thought
0: it was called something else. And a shirt off. Uh, Habib smash very badly. And then Kevin Lee with a vicious TKO. Uh, Justin Gaethje, one punch KO'd him. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, that was bad. Paul Felder gets his revenge against um, Edson with a split decision, and then most recently makes his move to featherweight and loses to Dan Ige via split decision in a fight that I think we both agree we thought Edson won. Yeah. On the other end, we've got Mockwin, KO-TKO, 11 submissions, so 12 out of 16 via finish. He's 6-2 in the UFC. The problem is... <clears throat> the notable section here for our guy is not very big. Notable wins in my opinion just against Jason Knight and that was via split decision. In terms of losses, both of his losses have been very notable guys. Arnold Allen via split decision and then Shane Burgos got a TKO victory over Mike.
1: Those are two, hey, two tough losses right there. Yep. Now, this fight I think is the most, I think it's the easiest to predict how it's going to go. And here's why. If the fight stays on the feet, Edson Barboza is winning this fight. Yes. If it goes to the ground, Amir Khan is winning this fight. Yes. What am I more confident in at this point? I think Barboza is winning this fight. I think he has a lot to prove. Look, you look at Barboza's record. You're going to see a lot of red. Yeah, recently. <clears throat> recently, that's what I mean. He's twenty and nine. No slouch of a record, but he's lost five of his last six. So you go, ooh, that's a little- yeah, that's a guy that might need to hang him up, right? Well, the Habib loss—that's the first one on this. Um, that Oh was, my gosh! That
0: was a fight where I—I I genuinely felt bad for Edson. I really—it was hard to watch.
1: I really thought Edson would give Habib trouble, but instead, it was the mo- one of the most one-sided fights I've ever seen. Yeah, Habib but looked. That speaks to Habib's greatness. Yeah, it was
0: unbelievable.
1: So he comes back in main events a fight night with Kevin Lee. Again, Kevin Lee, probably the best performance of his career. However, Barboza did have his moments he in that fight. He landed that kick. That kick that had Kevin Lee doing a stanky legs. Oh, yeah, it did. He was all um, wobbled. But ultimately a TKO by via Dr. Stoppage in the fifth round, that one. Then he gets the huge win over Dan Hooker. Great fight. But Great he's main eventing on ESPN against Gaethje. That's a fight everybody's excited for. They're like, wow, this striking, like these guys are going to go to war. Gechi, turn the lights off on that. This
0: is in the middle of Gechi's absolute tear yeah. of the lightweight division. So
1: right there, like, those are a couple of tough losses for him. Three of his last four. Like, right there, I would have been like, okay, maybe Barboza's on a slide. Like, he's starting to go down. But that Paul Felder fight, you could argue he won that one, I yeah. think. Split decision loss there. And Dan Ige, I thought he looked damn good. I remember even texting or Snapchatting
0: you that night. Uh, both agreeing that Edson had won that fight.
1: Yeah, and I, I think those two fights speak to how good he still is. Those are two guys that are in the top, I believe Ige's borderline top ten. Paul Felder is. Now, yeah. Paul Felder at uh, lightweight, yeah, Ige right. at feather, or. It, it's
0: tough when you're on a two-fight skid and both are via split decision, meaning a judge had you winning in both fights, man. Yeah. That's
1: tough. It's very tough. You have, you know, th- There's got to be some psychological stuff there, like what's he got to do to get over to Hump. Ultimately, though, uh, Amir Khani, look, he did get TKO'd by Berg- Burgos, but besides that, you know, he's been submitted once early on in his career, but it's been, you know, a couple of decision losses. hasn't lost a lot. He's 16-4. I actually think this fight might go all three rounds. Um, I think Barboza has to be... Aggressive. Actually, I, I'm you not... you think the opposite? I think he might be tentative, because I think he has to try to keep Amir Khani at distance.
0: That's very true. There's
1: going to be a worry of, like, if this fight gets to the ground, like, he's dangerous. Mm -hmm. So I think you're going to see Barboza trying to keep a distance, Amir Khani trying to break that distance, but he's not going to quite have the striking pedigree to really do it effectively. So... Barboza, I think, ends up getting a big decision win for him. I don't, again, I don't think this is going to be as exciting as maybe some people would think, uh, considering how Barboza's style is, and even Amir Khani, how uh, they both usually bring it pretty well. Uh, by no means a bad fight. I think it'll be very technical, and that we we love those kind of fights. Oh, yeah. But I'm gonna go with the Barboza be a unanimous decision.
0: Love Edson But I think That uh, Amiri Kani Wants that big win He wants to get over that hump Again he's 6-2 and two in the UFC And this is the name This is the name you want On your resume uh, Especially if you're in his position So I'm going to go with an actually An Amari Kani victory I think he's going to be able to get this fight To the ground uh, I think he's going to be able to close that distance. We've seen weaknesses from Barboza when the fights get to the ground. And ultimately, I think we're going to see a finish via submission uh, for Mach and Army Connie in the second round.
1: Hey, that could very well happen, man. Amir Connie seems like a guy who could, this could be his, like, breakout moment. Yeah. He's been waiting for it. He's had two shots before it for guys that were, you know, up-and-comers with Shane and then you had Arnold Allen. Yep. Wasn't quite able to do it there. Arnold Allen was a split decision loss. Yeah. Some judge gave it to him.
0: And now you're co-maining a fight (laughs) on Fight Island against the guy and Edson Barbosa. Everybody loves him. You have to
1: ask... There's got to be a lot of questions about Barbosa at this point. Look, I get it. He's looked good in some of these losses, but they're still losses. Yep. So... It could really go either way. I think it's kind of a 50-50 fight. Uh, Again, it depends on where the fight goes. Can Amir Khani get it to the ground and do his submission work? Yep. Because Barboza is not as well-versed on the ground. It's just, it's always going to be the thing with him. But Barboza does have a great striking pedigree. Yep. especially. That Amir Khani, I think, is going to have a tough time with. Now, what's funny, you mentioned the legs. I'm glad you did because I forgot to mention that in my breakdown of this. I don't know if you're going to see as many leg kicks. He's not going to want to get taken down. That's like for a striker, the worst thing or the most risky thing you can do against a grappler is throw leg kicks. Yeah. Because a grappler just has to catch one and then you're off balance. Yep. And they have control over your body basically and they can try to get, you know, take you down. Exactly. So, I don't think you're going to see a ton of leg kicks from Barboza. You will see them. But I think they're going to be... Not
0: as uh, prominently as typical. Yeah, I could, I
1: could be completely wrong. I, I think a lot of it depends on what kind of a, Amir Khani we get. This is a big fight for him. Is he going to be a little bit of like a deer in the headlights, you know, and Barboza going to piece him up like he did to Dan Hooker kind of? Right. Could happen. But there's. A, I like this fight, though. I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens there. It's a big fight for both guys' careers. Right. They're really both at kind of a crossroads. And it's
0: at. And it's opposite, you know. Omari Kani's trying to prove himself. Edson's trying to just say he still belongs. Because you
1: know? for Barboza, I get it. He's 34, and he's got these five of his last six. However, he's taken he's taking some he's, in damage. A, he's in a new division. Yeah. Conceivably, if he gets on the right win streak, I think if he wins this fight, he could still have some sort of hope, title aspiration hope. Your name value goes a long way. At Featherweight. He's a big guy at Featherweight. Yeah. I think that there's something left for him. However, if he loses this fight, I think that's all done.
0: Yeah.
1: Amir Khani, this is, in my opinion, his last chance to make a name for himself. Two chances before, wasn't able to do it. At least two chances in well known guys at this right. point. This is your most well known guy. Are you gonna take are you gonna reach for the brass ring and take it? Or are you not going to be able to do it again and ultimately you're just going to kind of be in this no man's land for however much longer you keep fighting
0: couldn't have said it any better
1: but with that we are moving on to the main event of the evening back to back we got women's bantamweight last week
0: now we got men's bantamweight this week oh man this is a good fight
1: bantamweight action Marlon Morice, Corey Sanhagen
0: just take it. Marlon Moraes is 23-6-1 with 10 KO TKO's 6 submissions. He's 5-2 and two in the UFC and he has fought them all. Notable wins against John Dodson via split decision Aljamain Sterling via an absolutely brutal knee to the jaw that had Aljo planking on the canvas. Then he KO head kicks Jimmy Rivera then he submits Rafael Asuncel? My goodness gracious and by the way That was a win that he got revenge on because one of his notable losses in his UFC debut was to Rafael Asuncao, which was via split decision. And then, of course, went up against Henry Cejudo, for at the time was the vacant Bantamweight championship, and Henry TKO'd him after being dominated in the first round. Marlon looked incredible. The leg kicks were yes. effective. And then Marlon gassed very, very quickly, and Henry dominated in the second round. I think round. Henry made very good adjustments. Yes, he did. And yes, he sure,
1: did. I think Marais was definitely slowing down big time, but it, I mean, he was throwing a lot of power into those leg yeah. kicks, and I, I just think once Henry adjusted, I just don't think that he, he didn't allow Marlon to take a breath. Triple C for a reason. He's one of the best, man.
0: Corey Sandhagen, on the other hand, is 12-2 and two with 4 KOTQs, 3 submissions, 5-1 and one in the UFC. Notable wins against John Lineker via split decision, and he has also defeated Rafael South via unanimous decision. His lone loss in the UFC was against Aljamain Sterling just recently via submission in a fight that, really, <laughs> Corey didn't even have a chance to do anything because Aljo looked that good. Yeah. This is a tough one. This is a tough fight, Noah. A lot to prove for both of these guys. Marlin's coming <laughs> off of that win over, er, yeah, win over Jose Aldo. In quotes, like, which, win. Which, uh, you know, uh, yeah.
1: It wasn't the most convincing win. Yeah. We'll put it at notice that. I didn't put it on his notable wins for yeah, a reason. I, I didn't notice that, but yeah, yeah good call. Because on we both agree
0: Aldo <sighs> won that fight. Right? Don't you think that or no? Did you think Marlon?
1: I don't remember. I think I need to watch it again. Sure. I was watching it, there was a lot going on, so I wasn't paying as close attention as I would like to score it. Mm -hmm. I just remember being like, oh, okay, Marlon won. I was like, that's tough for Jose. But I was like, Jose looked good, though. Yeah. And then I got online, and everybody's like, robbery! Boo this man! Yeah, boo... And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) So I'd have to go back and watch it again. However, I understand, though, that it's not the most convincing win, to tr- when you're trying to reestablish yourself as the guy to fight for the belt. Right. So, Corey Sandhagen, however, he's got a tough road back, man. I mean, that, that loss to Sterling, I don't want to say a tough road back. It's just that loss to Sterling was tough. He really just didn't have a chance to show anything. Now, in this division, though, it can be done. I mean, Sterling is an example of that. He was knocked out. Yeah. Very quickly by Marlon. That Rice. was his last loss. And then not he went on a five-fight win streak, and now he's knocking on the door. He's knocking on the door. At least he should be right in there. The door's but, locked. Yeah. Um, this what this really comes down to is, in my opinion, can Corey Sandhagen avoid the power right. of Marlon Moraes? Right. Because Sandhagen is tall for that division. He's five eleven. But Marlon Rice is definitely the thicker guy. He's 5'6", six, more so he's powerful. more stout. Um, Sandhagen does have a four inch reach advantage seventy one the sixty seven inches, um, not as much as you would think with the size, the height difference. But I don't. This want, is hard. This is hard. I I know where I'm leaning.
0: I don't even know where I'm leaning. So you're gonna. Have to it's go first. more by the method that I'm because. I'd like to say that the longer this fight goes, the more it favors Sanhagen. This, Even though is, this is his first main event. This is true. But we saw what Marlon, you know, like I said, he gassed in one round? <sighs> Granted, Henry looked great, right? He made the adjustments like you said, but he gassed. He had nothing left. And that was after one round. That's That's worrisome. Now, can he fix that? Can he adjust his cardio? Yes, that's been a little while ago. He's had a fight since then. He went three rounds with Aldo.
1: See, I don't know if it was after one round. I mean, that second round is when Henry turned it around, but it was the third round at the end of the third rounds when that fight got finished. So again, that doesn't <laughs> that's really like picking and choosing that like mm-hmm. ultimately he still did gas. So it's not it's not blasphemous to say that. This is a 5-round fight if it goes all the way. That's will where it, I'm struggling. Will it go all the way? I I feel like
0: if Sanhagen were to win, it will, but at the same time, we've never seen him go five rounds, and he has the skills to finish the fight, but at the same time, it's like, can Marlon really get finished by Corey Sanhagen? But then Um, again, he got knocked out by a flyweight and all this and that.
1: Marlon Marais by second round, TKO-KO. I think it's going to be one of those, a lot of feeling out, and I think it's just going to be one of those, like, out-of-nowhere knockout that's like, wow. Like, it just comes out of he nowhere. He has that effect. He does that. And I think for Sanhagen, it's going to be another just tough loss. But I don't like. I don't think he's going to look bad. I just think that it's just going to come out of nowhere, essentially. I don't think you're going to see either guy get much of an upper hand for the round and a half or whatever that I'm predicting it to go. I just think that Morais' power is eventually going to strike, and I don't know if Sanhagen can take it.
0: I badly want to pick Sanhagen here, but I'm I'm really struggling with how he can get the job done. Therefore, I'm also going with Magic Marlon Marais. I think he's getting in there, proving how good he is, and he's getting the shit done in the first round. Kotko, There. Performance of the night bonus for Marlon Marais coming Saturday you had
1: almost every fight the same there. Almost. You picked Amir Khani. And And here I am again.
0: Out of six fights, I'm pretty sure I just predicted... Or no, I predicted four finishes. So that's that's still a lot of finishes.
1: I think I did too. I had the main event as a finish, and then I had, uh, I believe, Perez, Drickett. Yeah, I had four. Oh, and Rothwell. Uh, I didn't... No, or I that said, was a finish. Yeah, I yeah, said yeah. decision. Or, yeah, decision, so... <clears throat> but that is hashtag UFC Fight Island 5. Tune in. I do, I do want to talk... Actually, I just want to give a shout-out to, on the prelims... Um, Dana White Tuesday night contender that Impa Kazagane. Yes, that guy yes. Made, made a big statement in his debut. If um, you can Tuesday tune night night in
0: to the prelims, that man has a lot of hype behind him. Very good, very well composed, very well spoken. Yeah, built like a brick shit house. Yeah, he is. That he's a beast. That's an exciting fight. I'm no. glad you mentioned that.
1: <clears throat> I just saw him on there. I was like, I, need, I gotta at least give him a shout out. We love the contenders. Series. And uh, I mentioned this guy on our. Uh, very first episode. Ali al is fighting again. This is the very first fighter from Jordan. Um, just throwing it out there again, just because, again, it speaks to... It's that global worldwide phenomenon. Yeah. I just wanted to throw it out there again, that he will be fighting as well, so check out all these fights. Uh, it's on ESPN Plus this Saturday. Be sure to let us know your thoughts. Yep. But as for the rest of the week, or as for next week. Yeah, right. Monday, we'll be recapping these fights, obviously. We'll talk all in-depth about the main card and predict kind of what's next for some of these guys at the top. Wednesday, this episode's going to be a little extra special. Just a a little bit. This is going to be our first review. Yeah. And it's of the documentary that just got released on Fight Pass called UFC Fight Island Semicolon. Declassified
0: Fantastic
1: it's, I, Basically it's kind of a mini series It's a four part yes. series um, Dom has already watched it Yeah. And, not.
0: And if you don't have Fight Pass It is also available on ESPN Plus That's okay. how I was able awesome. to watch it Fantastic documentary We never got the chance to discuss Our thoughts on Fight Island Because we started the podcast after the debut Of it so not only do we get to Review this documentary but we get to kind of Give our thoughts there as well Yeah
1: so I'm very excited to dive deep into that. That'll be a different type of special yeah. episode. It'll um, be interesting to see kind of how long we go on that right. one, right? You know, but that'll be Wednesday. And yeah, Dom, tell the good people where they can find you on social media.
0: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DCly14. You can find the Below Average Joe's MMA podcast on Instagram at Below Average Joe's underscore podcast again. We hope you all enjoyed this kind of new rebranding, I guess we like to say. Again, it just allows us to uh, pursue our passions more, reach out, branch out, learn more, discuss more with you all. It opens a lot more doors for content um, in terms of ideas for episodes, so on and so forth. So we're really excited for this next step. And thanks for following us along on this journey.
1: Agreed. As for me... If you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at NTBaker underscore, you'll be taken to our link tree where you can find links to every major platform that we are on, both social and podcast. So uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, Anchor, YouTube, Instagram, and even a link if you want to become a contributor to the podcast. Um, any money that comes from that is just going to be put back into the podcast. So if we, once we, Hopefully one day decide to branch out and do some video podcast on YouTube. Uh, That kind of money will go towards that and just um, boosting the equipment that we're using here. It's a very small operation. Yeah, right, right. right. um, Anything to help would be greatly appreciated. Or you can just keep listening as I wouldn't expect anybody to do anything more. Exactly. But again, you can find that on my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore. But with that... We're out, and we're going to see y'all on Monday.
0: Have a great weekend.